Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Shredded Ed, Cardio Johnny, Paul C, Matt Mork Super Troll, and Brazil Hadley. The best infotainment show around where you'll hear us joke, banter, and debunk all the nutritional myths you've heard time and time again, helping you get fit, healthy, and shredded. Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast, episode number 35, and it's a bright, it was early, Sunday, it's now 26 minutes past seven, would you call it early? Mm, not really, uh, I was ready for a 6am start, but yeah, 7.26 is, is fine, yeah. we were up at 7 I guess, yeah. but we've been on out since 7, we just obviously had some other business to attend to. Yeah, and we both needed copious amounts of coffee. Correct. Um, yeah, well, you obviously slept in anyway. You need the sounds we needed it. Trying this new fancy alarm. Well, you know, like everyone, all of a sudden, has got this sleep cycle uh, app that looks at your sleep. Apparently, not sure how it does that through the microphone, and then wakes you up. You, you say you want to wake up at a certain time, it finds the key point. Well, it, it didn't wake me up. I, and to be honest, I kind of need a nuclear alarm clock, something really loud. I just sleep for a more, um, yeah. and it's normally a mile and a half that wakes me. So, do you figure? Do you use the alarm on your? Um... Oh, actually, no, you haven't got with you. You've just got a Fitbit. Haven't you? Do you use your alarm on your Fitbit? Uh, I do. It doesn't pretend to wake me up. So, lots of things don't wake me. Actually, I've had various alarm clocks, and they all annoy fiance. So, uh, I'm, at the moment, I'm trialing one that's basically like a like a leg uh, bracelet that criminals wear, and it just basically vibrates. But because it's so far away from her, it wakes me up and not her. Hmm. Did you get the get the one there? Samuel's had that like electrocutes you, whatever it was. Well, yeah, I would. I wouldn't mind a padlock, but they're like a bit of money. Yeah, yeah, it did seem quite expensive, but he's yeah, he's, like, he's he's coined in, so he doesn't need to worry about it, does he? Man, pulling. Yeah, um, I I use the Withings for my alarm. That generally does all right. It does have that same silly feature though, of where you can set it for like optimal wake up time. So it wakes you up within like, I don't know, you can set the period. So you can choose like half hour up to, or down to like zero, where it says anywhere within your wanted to get up time, it'll wake you up. Mine just tends to always go half hour before whatever my alarm time is. So if I set it for half an hour, say, doesn't go, I've never had it go, oh, your best time is two minutes before you were due to get up, say seven o'clock. It wakes you up at half six instead every fucking time. So I was like, I don't, yeah, know, how, so I don't know how this I'm, works then. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not convinced that people rave about it and some people... Yeah. I like to use it, so I thought I'd give it a go. I'm not going to, it's only day one, um, and I did have two beers last night, so, you know, that may have impacted. Yeah. It's just annoying, though, when it does that, because I'm just, all I'm thinking in my head is, I could have had half an hour to sleep here. That's just woke mm-hmm. me up half an yeah, hour true. earlier. Yeah. And I don't wake up feeling any, it's not like I wake up feeling, oh, this was really optimal and nearly refreshed. It's like, I wake up thinking, mm-hmm. oh, this is still horrible. <laughs> so I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to give it a go, because you've got it right. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, you've got to attempt stuff. You can't just you can't just no. write it straight off. So, <clears throat> anyway, Matthew, how are you? Other than sleeping slightly in today? Yeah, I'm good. Like I said, a couple of beers last night. Beers on dieting. I know, Phew. outrageous. Um, been planning those in all week. So yeah, no, we had some friends over last night. We had a, had a Thai meal that was nice. A bit of pad thai, cut of changs, and then yeah, went to. Bed way past my bedtime, and now on the podcast, nice and early without the others. What was it? Actually, to be fair, when you replied to my message last night at one minute past ten, I was thinking, "Cure, you're up late." Yeah, like we well, <laughs> funny story. We were up till about one, 
Um, but Whoa. I think about 11, 11 o'clock, we migrated to the lounge to sit on sofas. And yeah, as soon as I sat on the sofa, half 11, I just started nodding off. So I think they were here to one chat to Charlotte and I was asleep for about an hour. Oh, that sounds like the worst swingers party I've ever, ever heard of. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'm going like, to hit the sofa, I'm done. I can't settle, so... Yeah, well, how's um, how's the diet going then? Let's hear a bit about diet's, that. Diet's going good, and I'm sure we get onto this. Weight's been a bit weird this week, as in it's done. No, say 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 that. We'll get onto that. Yeah, say, I'll say that. I'll say that. Um, but yeah, diet's fine. Um, calories are more than high enough. Not struggling at all. Had pretty much what I want to eat in the evenings. It's just the, the day I restrict myself, as we've talked about before. Mm. Um, evening meals this week included, uh, we had an Indian takeaway, nice. homemade chicken tea masala, um, and then obviously Thai last night with a couple of beers. So two days with a couple of beers, and yeah, I'm still making progress. So, yeah, it's, my, e- uh, it's easy when you know how, isn't it? Yep, yep. I'm not really a big drinker, so it's just been meals out with family and friends this week that have yeah. meant that, but... I think that's like yeah. one of the big things is you kind of got to pick your vices. Like I, I, I joke around and say it's easy when you know how. It's just dieting is doesn't have to be as hard as obviously what people seem to think it would be, but there is always some restriction. You kind of have to pick your vices to a certain extent. So if you're a big drinker, probably means you're obviously you're not going to be able to get away with eating, well, particularly lots of food of, of like nice junky food that you might be able to do if you weren't a drinker, say, and you know, or if you like if you if you're a latte drinker, say, you're a coffee person and you like lattes, and again. You got to sacrifice stuff elsewhere. You kind of can only really pick one, one vice. Yeah, and and choose where you make some cuts. So, like I said, my days are pretty boring mm. in terms of food intake. Um, just shame for amazing canteen at work, but I tend to not even walk around it because it's tempting to go straight for the chicken counter. Although the other day they were late, I had a mild panic. Uh, my chicken out, so yeah. yeah. Got my chicken in the end though. Quarter chicken. Right. Quarter chicken, standard, load of veg. That's my lunch pretty much every day. Yeah, well, can't go wrong. Good. No, go that's, that's good habits. How, how is uh, Brizzle's diet going? Yeah, so I think I'm well on track for Project Shoot as well. Um, so obviously, I think like actually just on that before I kind of talk about my my few couple of weeks because I've really talked about my diet since I started really, but um, I think we've got a date, haven't we? So that's all set. Um, yeah, 28th of April. Let's shout it out. Uh, Paul, we've also got another recruit in Paulie is committed, so it's just Johnny now. Come on, Johnny, get, get on it. Um, and if Paulie's listening, he still hasn't done his uh, hasn't completed his sign up form for me. So. Oh, oh. Yeah. Paulie, that's uh, he's just literally uh, actually it on, on, on Paulie since it's Sunday when we're recording this. It's his oh, birthday. it's his birthday, isn't it? Yes, I did. Uh, 40th birthday, yeah. I, I I said to his uh, his wonderful girlfriend last night. I said uh, on Instagram. I said to her, make sure he enjoys his cake because it's the last bit of cake he's going to have before he's dieting. <laughs> and she and she said, "Oh, it's nice of him to tell me. Didn't even know." <laughs> I was like, "Oh shit, sorry, Paulie." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's coming your way. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. To, to, to be fair, he did commit to it on a podcast, which has gone out to obviously we know we get a couple of thousand listeners, so. At least a couple of thousand people knew. We also now know that his girlfriend doesn't listen to the podcast because obviously she would have known. Yeah, 
To be fair, mine, mine other half listened listen to one episode, I think. Yeah, I think I think she might have half listened to the first one and then she promised to download them and then didn't. <laughs> well, at least get us yeah. the statistics, come on. Yeah, no, she, she downloads them. Um, I'm not even sure she did this for a review. I think she did one in the early days, but I think she listened to the Fran episode. Um, yeah. Oh, good. All right, well, we'll get her on soon anyway. So. Yeah, I sort that. I sort sort that out. Yeah, definitely. Um, being being um, a doctor, but anyway, let's go. Let's go back to my diet. So, yeah, yes. pr- pr- I feel like, mate, we're in we're in similar boats. That calories have been plenty high enough, especially to start with. I didn't like the first couple of weeks. Ed was very kind to me, um, and I had more than enough. Um, in fact, literally more than enough that I underate on like every day because I was chasing a bit of early progress. Um, but yeah, no, even like what's it been now? Four weeks, I think. This is the fifth week now coming up. I think of dieting. And I already feel much, much, much better just in those five weeks. Like quite considerably different. I'd be interested to see what Ed thinks of my progress picks to see the um, differential. But yeah, I feel a lot better. It's, it's amazing really just a few weeks of even just a bit more restriction. Like I say, even the, the first weeks I was eating, well, let, put it this way, the first, my target the first two weeks was something like 2,800 calories, which yeah. is like mad amounts really. Because what you can do with that when you're trying to have sensible food choices you can have so much food it's ridiculous um yeah it, and it, I, I think go i think with the classic you know what we've said it we've said this time and time again is when you start dieting your your veg intake tends to automatically go up as well yeah so i always it's always the first you know four weeks or so of diet and i feel like much better in myself uh just generally and i, I think restriction just makes me feel better than you know bulk mode yeah well i was, i i, I I was chatting to a guy uh, called Danny, Danny Hoyle, um, who has been kind of, well, he's been listening to the podcast and stuff and obviously in some of the groups and things. And um, he's he, he con- he's got in contact a while ago because he was kind of like his progress had stalled after losing quite a considerable amount of weight. So he, um, I think he was cycling calories and I said, and also doing the whole like net calorie thing on my fitness pal where he was kind of eating to his exercise levels rather than just kind of being yeah. consistent throughout the week so you know like where my fitness pal nets off the amount of exercise you've done that day kind of thing so his calorie intake was fluctuating every day to depend upon what energy requirements it was assuming he needed and i said that to be honest one it's inaccurate and two i don't think it really builds very good consistent habits doing that way plus it could then lead to things like we've talked about before in terms of anxiety and stress and worry about um uh like i don't know earning food almost you know like the, tr- the earn your treats kind of um, scenario so yeah. I kind of said suggested maybe just try out keeping it consistent around the week instead and he came back to me during the week and said actually it's, he has seen a bit more weight loss since um, and he's been feeling really good about it and uh, one thing we got chatting about was like the amount of calories I think he said something like he's put himself down to 2200 which is like I said felt like maybe it felt a bit low and I was like well actually that's a reasonable amount of cat food, uh, calories because you can actually have quite a lot of food on that doesn't like you shouldn't really look at 2,200 calories and think, oh, that's a really low amount, because unless you're an absolute giant of a man, um, that's probably yeah. That's, I think that's a that's kind of a thing you learn as you go through it though, because I remember the first time dieting, and again I was around 2,100, 2,200. I was like, this is hard, and the reason it was hard was because I was trying to eat my normal meals yeah. in terms of yeah. I was trying to have four meals at every meal and snacks and stuff, whereas. I think you you must go through a process, right? You start to discover foods that you can eat. Yeah, like eating trees this time round has been incredible. Actually, can we stop you there? Can I stop you there? 
actually carry this on. <laughs> go on. No, I, go I, on, I, go on. I want to okay. sh- shout out the pizza boxes. So because um, this is ideal now, right? Eat Lean have just released a pizza box, and I'm not plugging this because I want to sell it. I'm plugging this because actually I think this is right on topic in terms of what you're about to say in terms of dieting foods and stuff. Because you go through this process of learning what foods and how to maximise your budget almost. So the pizza boxes have they've teamed up with a company called Lodo, and it's basically like a very low calorie dough, um, or like they're they're already setting like pizza bases, um, and I think they're made, they're basically made mainly of like that konjac flour. A bit of, um, I can't remember what else was in it. There's a couple of other ingredients, like some sort of wheat gluten and stuff. Actually, no, it couldn't be wheat gluten, actually, I think it's gluten free. There's basically there's a few ingredients, but it's basically mainly that conjac flour, which is obviously like a, uh, a fibrous root veg that they just make dry and make into a flour. Anyway, really low calorie because it's just basically fiber. Um, and yeah, actually, for a dieting food, really good. So you get this whole pizza pack. 20 quid, you get four pizzas, which five quid a pizza might seem a bit expensive. Obviously, you get my discount. So if you just use Brett 10, you'll get it for 18 quid. So it brings it down a little bit, 450 a pizza. But um, the whole pizza, bear in mind, it's like a decent sized, you can't see my hands, but a decent sized individual pizza, 130 calories. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And I'm not going to lie, Same. the dough is a bit light and it's a bit... Foamy, I would say. Yeah. Dieting foods. Yeah, but... I did say it was a little bit foamy, but it does crisp up. And I'll be honest, it's a housing for the topping. And that's what that's what it's about. And like, don't um, if you want a really good pizza, then to be honest, you're going to struggle doing that on a diet and, and you know, stay within your calorie limit. So this is just like a really good alternative. That's all I'm saying. I guess that's the point. Um, one, go buy the fucking pizza box because it's cool. But two, like you, you need to find stuff like that that's going to suit your diet. Which I think is where you're going to. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't mean to stop your mid-flow. Yeah. You just mentioned no, the no, cheese and I just go off on one. So. That's exactly where I'm going. But, you know, that eat lean cheese, it's been a save this time around because it's, I find it satiating. Um, stuff like Greek yogurt, again, goes in back. Like, my Greek mm. yogurt consumption goes through the roof when I'm dieting. Mm. Um, and like I said, you start to transfer stuff out for veggies. So I, I think it's a process. Like, when you first start dieting, you're like, no, this is, I can't do this. And then, you know, you probably join the group, you see people posting stuff, follow Brizzle's Instagram, uh, get the old triple chips on the go. Yeah. Brizzle triple chips, trademark. Yeah. Um, all that kind of stuff, you just become accustomed to it. And then you find a pattern as well. So like, you know, first couple of weeks of dieting, and I've said this to my coach, good old JP, um, is I, I struggled to find a groove for like the first two weeks. I mean, you just get on it that you find routine and patterns. Yeah. And, Things that work. You sometimes your meals get a bit samey, um, because you know you can have those. But yeah, the the dieting, the dieting game. That sounds a bit dramatic. It's just self self imposed starvation. But um, yeah, there's so many good products out there now. Like even the whole good old Halo Top and oh. Breyers and Oppo. Yeah, um, they are. You know, if you are having, I tend not to try and eat too much of them because they're sweet and kind of make me want more food. But if I am craving something sweet, I can't kill that that sweet craving. Then that's awesome, like a whole pot of vanilla for two hundred eighty calories. Yeah, the, the the main problem Same. is that they're expensive as fuck. But um, well, yeah, yeah. They're, 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 they're actually loaded up, loaded up when they were two pound fifty. Yeah, yeah, as I did, obviously, but. Um, I think that's, that's the biggest problem with dieting foods. I think when you're bulking, everyone thinks about the increased cost of food because you're eating more. But actually, t- the food you're buying is so much cheaper when you're dieting. You've yeah. got to be so more specific in the types of foods. I mean, like even eating cheese, as an example, you buy it at Tesco's at four quid. It's pricey. 
Um, yeah, again, I load up on all this stuff when it's on, on offer. offer or... Yeah, I say lucky enough it's on offer reasonably frequently. Um, you know, or you know, you t every now and then they do tend to get the odd batch in some of the cheaper supermarkets like Lidl's or whatever else. So you can sometimes find them in there like two pound fifty and stuff. But yeah, well, yeah, I mean it was on offer at two pound the other day, so I bought enough for my entire diet. Yeah, yeah, and they they got long, they got pretty long shelf lives on them. Yeah, so I was rooting through the shelves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have got, yeah. I mean, like you can get like pretty much like a couple of months. To be honest, I've had I've had a couple that were a month out of date. I think that I've kept because obviously I get sent quite a lot of it, and they're absolutely fine. Like, the only thing I do find with the cheese is that it does go a bit dry after being open for like a week. So if you don't eat it yeah. the whole block within a week, which you know, is easy done though, because you can I can eat half a block instead of a protein shake instead. I just have it as a snack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, yeah. But, still. but to your point, yeah, it's funny because people. You know, you, you are eating, and you know, we had a really funny conversation walking along the road the other day. Fonse was, you are paying for less calories. Like, basically, it's like, yeah. you know, if you take it back to its rawest form, you're paying for less energy. Yeah. Um, I get that because it's the processing, but if you <laughs> if you think about it in terms of like buying gas or electricity, oh, you're paying more for less. Like, yeah, it's, I know. It's insane. But it's because you're, <laughs> you're, you're trying to get, you're trying to get obviously that more volume for that less because that's the whole point of energy restriction. Yep, whole point exactly of that. and yeah, and foods that are like that have been obviously additional work to involve to get them to where they are. So yeah, yeah, sure. But yeah, no, there's some really good tips and dieting foods. I mean, what some Halo top especially. I had the chocolate chip cookie there last night. Rave reviews coming soon. That's good. Yeah, I saw the I saw the teaser. Yeah. So um, I've now had all seven flavors, so I now feel like I'm in a position where I can put out uh, put out a, a brizzle rankings. Yeah, brizzle rankings. I, I'll be honest, I just I could never find that chocolate chip cookie day. I saw it the, when it first came out. I had it, but obviously I'd already spent like twenty quid on other flavors or like a couple of other tubs. I thought, oh, I'm just going to wait for it to come on offer because obviously we heard in the grapevines coming off, didn't we? So and then as soon as it did go on offer, out couldn't find it. So I had to pay five quid for it yesterday. But I thought, well, I needed I needed to complete the set. Rumors are, I know we're going on a right tangent at the moment. Rumors are that Bray. Is an offer at the moment. It is three pounds. I've not had Breyers. No, it's three pound and Tesco. I've not well. had it. I don't know what it's. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it's like. You've not had it, but yeah. I've craving Haley. Sorry, mate. It's because I've got one in the freezer, so I'll let you know. Yeah, please do. Only the cookies um, and cream one though. I didn't buy. It. There was there was mint chocolate chip and vanilla, and I went paying even three quid for vanilla to be honest. Although actually, I said that about Halo Top, and I bought it just because obviously it was like the one of the only flavors left when it was on offer, and I really enjoyed it actually. You know, I'm a, I'm a vanilla kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Anyway, let's, <laughs> so so th so this last twenty minutes has basically been the upshot was my diet's going all right. <laughs> so yeah, now I've already lost. I mean, I've lost like four and a half kilos, I think. Yeah, since I started. I'm banging the same as you. Yeah, so yeah, that's pretty good. Um, and I said that four and a half kilos seem to make what what feels and looks to me in the mirror like a really considerable difference. So. That's nice, and uh, just need to push it now. I think I'll probably guess in. I'll probably if I can get fifteen kilos, uh, fifteen pounds. Sorry, so about what's that? That's six kilos. Another six kilos, six seven kilos. Yeah, that's that's probably where I think I'll need to end up in another three and a bit months. Yeah, I'm probably gonna probably gonna say I need another eight or nine, but we'll see. See where you get. Yeah, it's all about readjusting and evaluating as you go now, isn't it? So. Well, exactly, and we'll all use a variety of methods as we go along to do that, which I'm sure we'll talk about today. That was that was absolutely professionally done. So today we That's want to look at a segue. It's incredible. Um, so yeah, so today we thought we would talk about basically just assessing body composition. So the methods that 
I suppose there are, but also available, um, as in like to everyday gym pop or certain individuals, because there's a whole manner of uh, ways of assessing body composition. Um, although I would say only one accurately, um, which we'll touch on. But uh, yeah, there's, all, there's a whole manner of ways of assessing, but a lot of them are expensive processes. A lot of them basically you just probably can't even get use of as a um, just like general population. So we kind of result to certain ones, I suppose, specifically most people. So uh, we'll, we'll probably touch on them the most because they're probably the most applicable. But I thought it would be worthwhile just straight away just kind of going through some of these methods in yeah, terms of, of na naming some of the ones you can't do. And just might, people might be interested to, to, to find out kind of, you know, how, how they work and basically what they're made out of. Um, just so segueing back into the one method that's accurate. Maybe let's let's just get that off the list first. So in terms of the only real when when you know what it's like, someone goes, man, whatever body fat percentage are you or whatever else it's probably like if you're your average gym girl, you might get people saying it. Certainly if you're your average bro, you'll definitely get people saying it. And I had someone the other day saying, what body fat percentage do you think you are? And he was being polite. I'm absolutely sure because he said to me, you must be like 10% body fat. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? You obviously haven't looked at me from behind because if you look from my, my behind, I'm probably holding about 30% body fat just on my back. <laughs> it's like ridiculous um yeah and, and we got in a bit of a conversation to say well actually like you, you can't really tell anyway it's like a meaningless number like to say what body fat percentage you because the only way method is what matthew well dexter probably no as in like the only actual accurate method so oh you yeah. mean where you get you know chop shot put on a table and cut up yeah that's like the only yeah, yeah. It's, it's the only way Biopsy. it's the only way you're going to ever find out accurately what body percentage you are because yeah, like uh, basically being killed or dying, and then they dissect every single part of your your mass and then separate it into to body fat or not. And it's like, well, that's not going to happen, obviously, as a general population client. Um, big extreme measure, measure, I think, just to find out your body body fat anyway. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but obviously, you mentioned one there in terms of um, another method. So, so let's put on the table. So, if ever asked what body fat percentage are you, then basically the best thing you can do is guess because you're never going to know um there are obviously other methods that do guess so dexa being one of them so dual x-ray i don't know what it stands for is it just dual x-ray dual x-ray something like that yeah. yeah something like that but um essentially it's where a bit like uh just a scanning machine that was built to measure bone density wasn't it um and obviously by doing that they then have to estimate things like your fat-free mass and your um, fat mass and stuff so, yeah and I, I suppose that's considered-ish the gold standard. It, it, I mean, it is. It was once. Everyone was raving about, you know, DEXA is the only way to get true reflection of your body fat, blah, blah, blah. But you can spoof DEXAs as well, if you know how, with carbohydrates and water um, and diet manipulation, but, which is pointless. Like, well, who, who are you going to impress? You're just lying to yourself. Um, it, you know, it is a good way of tracking if you're consistent with your approach to it. It's just prohibitively expensive. Yeah. Um, How much they cost? A hundred quid a go, something like that. Yeah, something like that. I've had one done, um, just out of interest, and it was interesting. But has it ever changed anything or impacted my life? Not really. Um, it's made it's meant to be used for bone density in terms of checking people's bone density is where it should be, and it's pretty accurate for that. But for body fat, like, I guess before we get onto all the methods, what? Why do you care? what your some arbitrary number says um and actually people tend to think they're a lot lower body fat than they are mm. to your point so i don't know what your current condition is but you're probably around 14 maybe 
I reckon maybe higher. More, maybe less. I reckon higher. Maybe higher. Yeah, I reckon higher. I, um, I, 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 haven't, I haven't seen any photos, but... I'm a bit like Martin, I think, in that I'm quite lucky that I hold... Because like, everyone always jokes, but sort of ongoing joke, in it? And someone even posted on his page or his Instagram yesterday saying exactly the same. Like, he said something yeah. like, abs with 20% body fat something, and then he even joked and replied something like, 23% lol or something. It's like, he's just lucky enough to have, like, lower body fat levels around, kind of like his abdomen or um, whatever else. It makes him probably look a lower body fat from the front than he probably is. I think I'm similar. That's what yeah. I said about most of mine's held around my back and my fucking ass and legs and stuff. So like, because I, I can probably like hold the majority of a like abs, even at a really high body level, it probably makes you look lower than I than I do. Yeah, exactly. But body fat distribution is a big thing. So, you know, people tend to hold weight in lower abs in mouths tends to be the place. Mm. Good old stubborn body fat. Mm. <laughs> Don't even get me started. But I mean. Yeah, your your body fat is, you know, some people are genetically gifted and have pretty even body fat distribution everywhere, which means dieting shows results a lot quicker, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. So yeah, so sorry, I, I digress as always. I love it. No, no, um, no, so yeah, Dexa. I mean, it's cool. Um, it's a quite a fun experience to get it. They put you on a machine, scans you up and down, and you get you get to see your like bones uh, and your you get to see your lean tissue broken out by colours and then body fat's like yellow or red around yeah. and you can see where you hold it. So again... Let's, let's just caveat on that. That is estimated a lot. The bone density is obviously right, but they have to estimate some of the other stuff. So this yes. is what we're talking about, accuracy. Yeah, and this is where you can just restrict and play around with carbohydrate to spoof it one time and it's going to go back to the opposite and you'll, you'll either gain the low lean mass. Yeah, because you, um, I guess, because you can restrict glycogen or carbs and water and stuff, or restrict carbs and water and reduce glycogen stores. So it actually makes you look like you've got less muscle mass because obviously they're holding less energy inside of them. So if you then go back and have another one a week later after re refilling, all of a sudden your body fat percentage drops like 5%. Well, maybe there's, I don't know if there's that much, but because obviously you've then got a lot more fat-free mass because obviously your muscles, you can imagine, are expanded because they're then holding more glycogen and water. So then the percentage ratio between fat and fat-free mass is obviously then a lot um, a lot less. So you can lose body fat yeah. in like a week, like significant amounts, like, and then obviously gain, gain fat-free mass apparently according to DEXA. So that's what you're saying, isn't it? Yeah, exactly that. And I think, you know, if you're an unscrupulous coach who had clients using that, you could potentially trick them by doing, you know, changing their dietary intake like that. Mm. Um, and say, oh, because I've seen some insane ones come out. Which I think there was one which was like gained eight kilos, gained seven kilos. It was a case study when the, one of the Dex scan plates put out. And it was like gained seven kilos of, of, of lean tissue and lost three kilos of fat. It was insane over like a four week period. Um, it just, I, you know, I could be hitting it. It might have happened, but I, I doubt it. Yeah. It's just you never, very rarely do you ever see that, even with like, enhanced people, really, sometimes as well. So, oh yeah, that was my exact point. Unless they were significantly, but even then, right? So yeah, so you do you do uh, call um, into question. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So yeah, so that's that's Dexa. Um, you know, if you've got a low spare cash lying around, then by all means do it out of interest. Uh -huh. um, just don't just don't buy too much into it. Yeah, well, obviously, and on that you kind of got MRI, which obviously does a similar job. Um, Again, it's probably equally as it's probably. I think it's less accurate than Dexa for, for like fat-free mass specifically, um, 
but again, it's just kind of like radio waves measuring, isn't it? And it's kind of like, well, you probably don't have access to it or it's too expensive to do. So you kind of got that same problem for as, as kind of like everyday Joes in terms of you know, like usability. So, um, and then la the other thing kind of just in that whole area is hydrostatic weighing. I thought it might be worth mentioning. So that's basically where they, I think they basically just stick you underwater and then just, they can somehow, I don't I can't remember how it works, but um, they, can, they can then measure your mass and fat-free mass, all that type of stuff through underneath water somehow. Don't really know how hydrostatic weighing works, if I'm honest. It's displacement of water. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, it's it's something I've never really looked into because I'm not sure what it's going to give me. Um, you know, it gives me some arbitrary number that can change based on a lot of things. So, short of being on a biopsy table. Yeah, I don't care about my body fat percentage. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. It is displace is water displacement? I've just googled it just because I wanted to get the exact term, but it's basically uh, a di direct application of Archimedes' principle that an object displaces its own volume of water. Um, how that then, um, how they then measure in terms of how much it displaces of mass and uh, sorry, fat-free mass and uh, fat mass, etc. I don't know, but. Um, is, I think that is pretty accurate. I think that says, I mean, here it says the pros of hydrostatic weighing is an incredibly accurate technique for measuring body comp. Um, so it's probably like, I, I always thought it was probably the most accurate outside of obviously being cut up and um, dissected. But who has access to that? Unless you're in a really expensive uni or something like that, where you kind of, they, they use it to do research, you're probably you're never going to get access to do that, are you? No. I mean, I'm not, not, even, not, not really. Not realistically, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that that is. Uh, what other methods are there in in terms of ones we aware of or wouldn't personally use? Um, well, I guess they're they're the three main kind of like what I would consider clinical ones. Yeah. So obviously, like Dexa being the probably the one out of them that you you could use if you really wanted to spend the cash on it, I suppose, because you can get there's clinics now that do them just because it's become fashionable to have Dexas, isn't there? So you can go to clinics in some of the bigger cities and get them done. I guess like just go just going back a step to what you were, well, I think you were getting to at some point in that like why would you want to use them? Well, one reason you might want to use it is because if you are really into something, you've got a goal like either a photo shoot or even a comp prep for like a um, bodybuilding comp or something like that, and you're, you're interested and you have a bit of spare cash, maybe you would get one done at the start and one at the end to see the difference. Um, yeah, just I mean, and that, that is a genuine good good reason, I suppose. Like if you have the money and you just want to see and you keep, as long as you keep... Um, Variables. And it's very hard. you say? Say again, sorry. I thought you say as long as you keep the variables. Is that what you're going to say? Well, control the variables as much as possible. Then, yeah, you should be able to show your progress over the dieting phase, um, and it obviously will be different because you will love significant body fat. But mm. no, there is just some error in there, which you probably won't care about if it's just something insane like five percent body fat. No, well, no, you probably not. You'd be sh I'll be shutting that shit from the top. Actually, that's a fair point because even Dexa to Dexa, because of the programs and the algorithms they use, you can get massively different results using different. Oh yeah, so. So the London Dexa is breeds your body fat percentage a lot higher than other ones because yeah. of the algorithm and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's just arbitrary. Like, I was just going to say an example on that. Actually, was remember Alderson got his done in the London one, and they said he was the lowest ever reading he's had, and that was something like ten percent or nine point seven percent body fat, which obviously sounds really high, especially when you always have the myths or the the dogma of where oh, you know, bodybuilders sit on stage are always around like four percent or something. 
And then you talk about like Mike Harrison, where he obviously hit his done and his were like 4%. And yeah. like, as they were both absolutely shredded, but you wouldn't believe there was 6% body fat difference between the two. No, no. So uh, yeah, point in case. Yeah. Um, one's Northern, one was London based. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, anyway, sorry, where were you saying? So yeah, I think that they're the kind of main methods that, um, like, like you said, clinical methods that we personally wouldn't use. Uh, well, not we wouldn't use, we just wouldn't be using with clients unless they were very high end and had a lot of spare cash. Yeah. Um, if someone wanted to get a DEX scan that was a client, I'd, I'd be very, I'd be interested to see it and, you know, it's quite a cool thing to look at. Um, if they asked me if I should get one, I'd only advise it if they had a lot of spare cash. Yeah. Same, same, cool. I guess, I guess one of the other things would be uh, biometric impedance or BIA. So that's where the uh, or they send uh, electrical signals, signals, and then measure the resistance through the body. So body fat and fat mass, uh, sorry, fat mass and fat-free mass should measure differently in terms of resistance. So that's how they measure. That's how the things like the machines in boots or your gym or you know like the scales you buy so obviously we've both got like the nokia health scales haven't we that do, does a similar yeah. thing um they just send like current for your feet or you'll hold on to the things in boots where they, they send the current for your feet and your arms and measure that resistance so that's another thing so um what do you think of those matthew oh, they're very very accurate so they they, they work quite like you said the uh, electrical pulse they send through two points of your body and measure the the time it takes and you again use algorithms to determine the body fat percentage that way problem is is you can be super hydrated or super dehydrated or even somewhere in between those things and that will massively affect your body fat reading mm. um so again like you know we talked about our nokia health mate scales which are really cool because they just link to your phone they give you a weight and trending and all that linking to all the apps but they also do body fat mass and as we said we both just ignore it because I've stepped on the scales, you know, literally an hour apart and somehow I've lost 10% body fat or something stupid like that just because I was weighing myself first thing, hadn't drunk all night and then drank and I was a lot more hydrated. So there's less impedance with electrical signal. Um, so again, like, you know, you could use them. Like if you track that and don't react to a higher or low reading, you just use the trend, it may show you some sort of Progress, again, I personally don't bother with that. Um, I take no notice of my body fat on those scales. Yeah, I, I think they, like, BIA is, or would be reasonably accurate-ish, you know, in, in the realms of how accurate we can get without, without being killed, if you could control variables, but you just can't, like you say. Like, things like even body temperature and um, when you previously did exercise, I think if you look at the list of things that affect it, it's huge. So you almost can't control all of the variables. Like it's impossible. Even if you do things like maybe some of the stuff we will probably touch on when we start talking about things at scale weight in terms of controlling variables. But even if you do a lot of those stuff, you just can't you can't do it. So it does then make that reading a bit redundant. Like you say, hence we both ignore it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly that. Like you you, you can't control your hydration that well unless you've got some pretty cool nifty kits. But do you want to do that for for the sake of a uh, a body fat percentage reading that's mm. still not going to be right it's just be consistently wrong mm. um, yeah so, same with like glycogen levels all these type of things you can't you're never going to go to bed and wake up the same levels every day unless you're literally 
doing the identical thing every single day, eating the same meals. Yeah. And it just doesn't happen. Eating the same amount of carbs. Yeah. Just doesn't happen, does yeah. it? Yeah. No, that doesn't happen at all. So, again, so don't waste your pound or your 50p, you know, in the gym or in boots. It's just a bit pointless, really. I Just keep it to yourself. And obviously, if you've got the scales, by all means, use it as a bit of a guide tracking method over the long term. But, like, individual readings are a bit pointless. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, probably on to the three things I've written down. So, unless you can think any more, that we probably would use. So, um do you want to play a guessing game and guess what I've written and see if we come out the same or should I just say it? Ooh, no, go on, let's, get, let's, let's do the same um, because I've probably got one more that I don't think you've got written down oh, um, which is something I use with some of our clients just because it's a good good gauge and a good feel-good okay. thing. Um, but I'm going to guess you've got weight. Yep, scale weight. Yeah. Body scale weight, nice. Yeah. Uh, measure, measurements. Girths, yeah. Yeah, girths. Great word. And probably photos, I'd say. Correct. Just on the girths, it's funny, isn't it? Like, uh, as a fitness professional, girths is a completely normal word. When you say it outside, everyone sniggers. Yeah. Everyone sniggers. Yeah. You said girths. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a few words like that. Moist. Moist. A lot of people don't like the word moist. No, no. Anyway. Although, where would you use that word in the fitness capacity? Um, well, when describing cake. No, in the fitness. Oh, right, okay. That's not really fitness. Well, cake and fitness. Yeah, mate, cake and fitness go together. We're well, all, yeah, we're all just... sure, sure. You could say, uh, yeah, well, are you, as your brow moist, uh, have, have you reached a, a high enough body temperature <laughs> on your warm up? Peak physical <laughs> sweatness, yeah. Uh, yeah, they are the three. So, what's your fourth? Interested. My fourth is, is, is not, it's nothing scientific and it's not particularly accurate, but I do find it's something that, um, if weight's doing funny things and measurements usually come in line with this one as well so you, as long as you do your measurements but measurements may be the gap between taking measurements may be bigger than the weight side of things and again with the photos it's just an item of clothing that they find tight or uncomfortable nice so like it. a pair of jeans tends to be the, the classic they're a bit tight and the things are my clothes feel normal or they feel amazing or I feel like I did two years ago mm. and we can talk about why that's a good thing in terms of where weight does some weird stuff I mean I guess we'll get onto that yeah good like that nice one yeah I mean to be fair I have used it and just hadn't thought about it right then I say I've used it I haven't really used it as a method of tracking and such but I have um, used it as a reassurance almost in that, like, you know, yeah. you, you're tracking some of the things and people have been like, oh, I'm not sure. And then, like, you know, they, they have said, oh, by the way, my jeans did feel like they were, like, a ton looser. You think, well, there you go. You've kind of answered your own question, really, in terms of your worry of other measurements not moving, yet you've got a pair of jeans that you couldn't fit into or, like, were struggling to fit into, and now all of a sudden they're, like, really loose. It's a good measure. Yeah, it is a good measure. And I think it's um, – we tend to ask people to find, like, the clothing they would like to get back into. Um and just use it as a as a barometer or a gauge because it's quite real life. Um, it's mo- it's mo- that's a, that's a good motivational point as well because it's generally quite emotive. So like a wedding dress is a, a, obviously an ideal example or something or like you know they've got a Christmas party kind of they want to get into a cocktail dress. Like that's a really good like motivating or an ex- extrinsic motivation. Fuck it's early. Not enough coffee. Extrinsic motivational factor as well for people. So if they think constantly think about oh, I need to get into that dress. 
You know, the photo shoot's a similar thing, actually. Like, oh, well, you got this photo shoot, I need to, like, I'm going to be stepping in front of a camera like, with a load of other people, people are going to see these photos, I want to look my best. So actually, no, I'm not going to have that bite of cake that I might have done otherwise and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's not just a... Yeah, so, well, while it's not a measure of tracking, it's, it's almost like an accountability thing as well. It's it's just a feel-good thing as well because there's been no weight, there's funny stuff, measurements far apart sometimes. So, yeah, I mean... It's not accurate by any means, but it, it is a good marker, I think. So I was just marker and yeah, sense to keep you on, on track as well. Yeah. No, no, and then you go the other way. You can, you know, sometimes we've had the opposite, uh, not the opposite. We've had they've, they've got comfortable in that clothes, reassess the targets, and actually, there's, there's a, we've still got some way to go, and then all of a sudden they don't even fit anymore, which is, yeah, as in they're too, too big. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. It's, cool. a, it's a gauge. Yeah, cool. Because it, it does work the other way. Actually, you get some people, especially like I tend to find women that get into lifting, like that always had in their mind they want to get into a pair of jeans or something, and then after a while they go through that process or journey, their minds change and like they actually get like more muscular in a good way. Like they still look feminine, but they look get more muscular. They then they're now proud of not being able to fit into them jeans anymore because like they you know, <laughs> they don't want skinny jeans. They they like they're proud that they're like glutes and stuff just don't get yeah. into their jeans. So. Yeah, that's that's very true. Cool. Very true. It's like a, a life cycle of, of lifting sometimes, isn't it, yeah. for some people? Yeah. Um, so, actually, let's, let's, so scale weight, girths, and pictures are probably the three methods that you use concurrently um, because you've already touched on like some of them can be a bit iffy in terms of uh, one measurement. So, you'd probably use them all together to get the best results. Um, so, let's touch on girths. What, would you, what do you choose to measure when you girths? Because I guess there is a bit of a, a preference, really. You know, some people measure some bits, some yeah. people bother. It is so it's very much, you know, sometimes clients have particular areas they're not happy with. Um, and if that is the case, we'll ask them to add that measurement into a kind of tracking tool. We use that online thing, but I, I personally like um, waist and hip just so I can do the waist and hip ratios. Mm. Um, I think that's a better measure of health as well, mm-hmm. arguably, than that. And that's pretty much what I use mainly. Um, because there are two main areas I find people hold body fat and tend to lose it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is what you use though. Mm. Um, yeah, well, I, I, I'll be honest, I, don't, I, I used to do loads. So I used to do like waist to hip. I used to do waist and hip so I could work out waist to hip ratio, mainly because like you say, it's, there's a lot of correlation around um, waist to hip ratios and health markers. So um, I used to also then do chest, both males and females. Uh, and then I used to do always uh, one arm, one leg. But I'll be honest, trying to then simplify it down, I just got rid of the one arm, one leg. It didn't really tell you a lot. It's also really hard to accurately measure week to week because yeah. people just get different points all the time. Like whereabouts on your bicep or your arm are you measuring or your thigh? And obviously, because they taper, it's so hard to like get the right position every time. So I kind of gave up on it because it just didn't feel it was doing any good. It was just making it harder for individuals to, to track stuff. Yeah. We, I mean, we have the option, like, so when I first got this tool I'm using, it was like you can walk, pretty much measure everything. I'm like, the simpler, the better it tends to be. So it's something you're going to do, and it's not too time-consuming, it's not too hard. Yeah, definitely. So that's why we go waist and hip, to be honest, just yeah. consistent. Yeah, um, I do have one client that measures his neck, um, but I think that's more, that's what he does out of habit, so he just does it, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Like, if your neck's changing, you know, it's not yeah, he's, 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 he's on these videos. He's doing his neck exercise. Like he's going, <laughs> gets like the neck Formula One drivers with their weighted uh, helmet exercise. Yeah. I do for the G Force. Yeah. yeah, 
I suppose if you had a Formula One driver plate, you might mention that guy. Yeah, yeah. But um, he he does it, so I just let him get on with it, really. So Steve, if you don't want to do your neck, mate, you don't have to. Don't worry. Is he, um, is he made neck gains? He... Um, I don't know. No, I think they've reduced because he's obviously been losing body fat. So I think they've gone. <laughs> I think his his girths have gone down on his neck. But he's he's also uh on doing the shoot with us. So oh um, nice, yeah, cool. He he wanted to do it, and he's uh he he's a he's actually PT himself. Works out of the the cool gym in Norwich that um, we will so hopefully be using. using. So yeah. yeah, so big shout out to Big Steve. Go follow him. I think his um, uh, socials are awesome. I think it's fitness underscore in underscore the underscore street. So go check him out. Oh, I've seen. Yeah, he's, I've seen he's, he's, he's good. He's, he's very good at biomechanic stuff. Like definitely go check him out. He's very much into like strongman powerlifting stuff as well. So um, he's worth a check out if uh, you guys want to see some some cool lifting stuff and to be fair he's strong for his because uh, I think what's he at the minute about I can't remember what in kilograms because I've been measuring pounds but he's about 70 kilos I think um, but yeah he's got like a 200k deadlift under him and stuff so oh, okay. Great. pretty good yeah pretty good um, yeah actually just so on girths I guess the other thing you could say and it's not quite girths but skin folds we didn't mention really under the more clinical setting I don't know if you'd really call it clinical but I guess you do need a certain level of expertise to do it properly so I guess you could call it under the clinical setting. Yeah, so uh, skin fold is basically caliper measuring. And it's the reason I don't tend to use it. <laughs> I mean, it's a couple of reasons. But first is that I'm, I'm mainly online. Um, I have one or two that I have local that not not coach per se, but consult with. Um, the other reason is quite invasive. You literally, <laughs> the person stands there in a pair of shorts and you, you're grabbing bits of their fat and you have to pull the fat away from the skin to make sure you're only getting the, the fat um, or you're not getting anything underneath you literally pull it and pinch it at them and then you get a pair of metal clippers you can get plastic ones but the metal ones are the gold standard and you, you you're measuring the um the skin fold width so yeah width on the skin fold which will tell you how much uh, well, not tell you how much fat's in there but tell you what that measurement is and then you can see skin fold measurements going down which means you're losing uh, fat below the skin. Yeah, I guess there's some algorithms again we can use then estimate total body fat, but because again, like some people, like I guess I don't know what Martin's because Martin's obviously got a full body comp residential days that they teach you over two days how to do this. Um, I don't know how many points is it seven? Is that seven points they do? Have I made yeah, that number. Uh, up? Uh, I don't know if I've made that point. Six, I think it's six. I think it's six. But I, so, I have to consult my guide, but I haven't done it in so long. Yeah, but, but yeah, I mean. It, the, the, it, the it, is, it is good if you're in if you're in a gym setting and you're comfortable with people doing this it is a very good way to... and qualified let's just throw that out there as in you've actually yeah. been taught how to do it I don't I like I, I've not even necessarily tall but like as long as you because I guess the, 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 like you've done Martin's Day you're not necessarily qualified you're MNU qualified yeah. argue what you argue but the official qualifications Isaac or something like that um but there are some people who are who've been using them for years who are pretty good at. Yeah, I, I was going to say like qualified. When you said about arguing qualified, I think like obviously Martin is something that they've done for so long. He's a big proponent of skin folds, and I guess like I'd argue that he's probably pretty good at it given his experience. Um, I also trust him very much to think it would probably be one of the better ones out there to do it. Um, and are you qualified after two days? 
it's the same thing as no. most things. Like, are you qualified to be a nutritionist even after a, a year-long course? Probably not really, but you are qualified to start. I think it's a lot of it comes with that experience, which is probably what you're about to say. Like, if you've been doing it for years, you probably get pretty good at how to measure on the right parts of the body because obviously there are specific points you have to measure. There obviously are ways of, of doing it. And obviously I'm not qualified because I've not been on the, the, the residential days to even see it. But obviously I do know that there are certain um, methods to get the most accuracy. And even like you said, the tool. So if you're using like steel, like they use Harpenden calipers, don't they? But if you're using them yeah. compared to a 599 job pair of plastic ones you bought off Amazon, like they're going to be a lot more accurate. And you also have the, uh, the tape measure is threaded with metal, so it's got no stretch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So there, there are a lot involved, I think. And I think when people are doing skin folds, I think unless you are air quote qualified in some way, I think it can be easy to just get completely wrong. Because also you're talking quite fine margins. When you're talking millimeters of skin, you know, like yeah. one millimeter inaccuracy makes a big overall difference. That's why you make, that's why when we talk, you you taught how to measure from key points. Again, and like I said about invasive, you, you find certain bone structures, so you're digging them in your thumb so you can find a certain point and then you measure back from that point and you measure back from that point. So you're, you're always getting the same point. And it, people will measure your body fat with calipers in like five, ten minutes aren't really doing it properly. It's quite a, yeah, it's a hard quite long process. Unless they're very experienced because like Martin was able to find that points pretty quickly, bang it in, like did it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. That might, so... My legs are just kicking off. This thing, I hate it. Sorry. What's she saying? She sound like get me some breakfast or something. Oh, it's early. She said just. She just said good night. I'm like, what are you doing? She's not been on a bender, mate. Since you lot went to bed, she's been staying up on a bender. Yeah, all the bottles everywhere. <laughs> um, sorry. So we were saying. So yeah. So measurement, and then I guess the that like you know we said what measurements we like, and we said about doing the same place. So I just used hip bone and uh, belly button as kind of indicators where you're measuring and i tend to get them to do it every four weeks um nice. sometimes i'll bring it in uh, but that's just my general standard for measurements yeah i again i think i have people doing it differently i think the average i'd probably say about two weeks yeah. um i think that's enough to i kind of I, I personally i think my this is this is my thought process of why two weeks i'm not saying it's right or wrong i think it's more like um it's enough time to allow because obviously some changes happen like especially in the later end of diet or latter end of diet, so they can be obviously quite slow. But uh, it's enough time to see a bit of change, but um, not too long where they lose a bit of motivation to do it or to obviously the, where they're like desperate to start to measure almost. Yeah, yeah, no, so, it's a good point, and it's, it's my point where I just depend on the person. Yeah, me personally, I do it once a month just just because I can't. Me personally, mate, I don't even do it. I haven't done any for Ed yet. Oh, poor old Ed. I know. You're making his coaching life hard. Well, yeah. People listening, bit. if you are being coached, make their life easy. Yes, please even do. I'm, I'm a more information, more information you I, give I, them that easy. I think at the minute, like, I'm, there's enough. No, I, I, I don't need to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In that stage, there's, you don't need to be as accurate in terms of, you know, like measurements because obviously scale weight and pictures is more than enough to gauge pro progress compared to necessarily needing girths. So I just am bothered. Plus, yeah. it's fun and time to something? do it. It's just like hard, really. Like, I, you, like when you're on this side of the fence, you do feel a little bit of empathy for clients when you're asking for so much stuff. I oh, know, don't wrong. I absolutely, I need to echo your point around make it easy for your coach to make it easy for them to coach you, so you get the best results. I get that, 
but on the other side, it is quite hard to find time to even say, Jenna, do you mind just measuring or whatever else? Because you know, <laughs> yeah. I like to get a second person to do it rather than myself because it's just better because they're more likely doing it more accurately than I am. So, yeah, fair, fair. yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's measurements and it's up to you, kind of what you do, inches or centimetres, things like, I guess, when, when you were born, I prefer centimetres. And also your coach's preference. Your coach's preference as well. If they care. So yeah. I mean, it's a very good measure. It's it's pretty reliable in terms of as long as you use the same points and the same tape measure. Don't if you have if you have a, like a classic tape measure, don't stretch it, don't pull it. Just try and keep the attention in it. Or if you've got one of the metal ones that we were given on the, the body comp residential, they're pretty pretty awesome because there's no stretch at all in those. Well, just just to clarify, when you say metal ones, obviously we're not talking one out of B and Q where you measure. <laughs> Uh, they have a metal <laughs> a metal thread running through them, so they're, they're like you wouldn't know they're any different. But the metal thread stops them stretching. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but even how taut you almost like pull it round your waist, say, like you can obviously pull it a bit tighter and reduce some inches than you would do. So even there is some technique or experience in how you then wrap it around your waist and not pull it too tight or too yeah. loose as well. It should so be stuff like that. Just off loose, basically. So loose and then just take the slack up. You shouldn't be restricting all your body fat yeah no. cool right anyway i think we've done that so let's let's go on to picks progress pictures and then we'll we'll nail the big one scale weight so um what, what have you got to say about measuring on prog progress pictures yeah. so pictures <coughs> again we try and get every four weeks we i'd, I'd like to point out <coughs> excuse me and i'll make it absolutely um flayed for this by the online coaching community but i don't really yeah, or um, some clients we don't have photos with and that is purely because they're uncomfortable with it um, mm -hmm. depending on who the client is and what they've got to lose and then we find over time they get more comfortable with it you can very much coach people without the, without the photos and sometimes even just get them to get um, not even perfect photos just photos fully clothed and we can kind of check that way or we use some item clothing again it's because some of the clients just don't want to fit into that mould online coaching mold that people seem to have however photos are an excellent tool um they help a lot don't they? they do help a yeah lot. they're like, mass massively massively help so if you can and even if it's a bit uncomfortable bear in mind your coach won't be sharing those anywhere you can do it secure methods um you know they are an amazing gauge because what happens sometimes is uh, particular clients we and we, we ask for every four weeks um they think they haven't made much progress and you put a side by side show them it and they're like oh damn yeah. okay yeah and they can instantly see so that's good but as a coach you can see kind of where stuff's coming in um you know what the progress looks like versus the other measurements we have um it's just another another tool in the box just to gauge progress yeah no, i'd go along with all of that nothing else to say on it oh nice yeah just is what it is isn't it i think i think the all i'd maybe just say is echo the last point around um, side by sides can be a massive eye-opening experience sometimes for like forgetting how far you've actually come and, and even yeah. if you take take photos for yourself and not share so like you say it's, it's normal for a PT to get these so like just think when you're sharing them they're not even going to be looking at them thinking it's unusual they're going to think this is like one of a billion I've seen almost like I'm not the, the, the pictures themselves are not going to be as much of a bigger problem oh my little girl's just woken up hello all right, sorry. I've just been I've just been informed. Everyone who's listening, she's been awake ages, <laughs> but she looks sweet. Anyway, sorry, I was just interrupted in the middle of a podcast. Brisbane and travel. <laughs> yeah, I'm so what? Hello, hello. Oh, big old smile, lovely. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it's just normal for, for, for them to see him. So I don't think it's unusual. But, that, but even if they don't share them, is what I was going to say. Even yes, if they don't share like them. That. Like, it's like a PT's not going to share them. But even if you take them for yourself and never share them for anyone else, sometimes it's worth doing because you can see yourself and compare them. So anyway. Yeah, yeah exactly that. And the ones that don't want to do that would say, can you, you know, try and take them for yourself? Yeah. We, the, sorry, the other thing I just remembered is front, back and side is what we prefer. Kind of same relaxed position, same lighting, same place. You tend to find as people get leaner, they they change the position, change the lighting to be more yeah. flattering and yeah. start to tense or pull out. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, no, no, relax. <laughs> so yeah, again, keep a system be a coach. Don't go like photo shoot or start posing like Arnie. Um, so yeah, yeah. I suppose <laughs> unless if you if you're a competitor though, you probably would say like start doing some posing or like or like even yeah, start yeah. doing some posing. But anyway, I'm just being a bit facetious. But I suppose you would. Yeah, yeah, of you, course. You get people to do some you're... front front double buys or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I guess uh, I wouldn't. I'm not a prep coach. No desires ever to be. Same. So if someone asks, I might I might do it. But on the basis that you know, I've never prepped anyone. Never really want to. If you still want to do it, then yeah. Same. Yeah. Same. Fine. I, I I to be honest, I like I I very much like you. I got I haven't got like any specific burn desire to work with prep coaches. Uh, sorry, with prep clients. I'm not a prep coach. I've never prepped anyone for a show. Same. But I'd do it, but out of just to have the experience with doing it. I'd love to be able to help someone do it. And, you know, I guess we've been taught through MNU on how and stuff like that. And I guess we've, we've known enough in the industry to probably do a reasonable job at it, I'd hope. Um, plus, we've got a big okay. support network we can call on to to help. Um, yeah. Interesting. I, I guess I was listening, prepped, <laughs> it's probably a bit of a term in the industry, but it just means preparing someone for a show so while i'm comfortable comparing preparing people for photo shoots because the level of leanness isn't insane there competing is a whole different ball game because you've got the posing element yeah and then even stuff that you know i've just refer all this out but you, i was gonna say you'd outsource things like posing area wouldn't you because like, like tanning and, yeah. yeah yeah that type of stuff so i guess like you're right in the point you're about your your mates are not about to making that it is only just another stage further than what you would usually take someone in a dieter phase. So there's nothing special in that respect other than a few quirks in terms of obviously hunger gets a lot worse and lethargy and tiredness also gets a lot worse when you get to that lean. Um, but a lot of the other stuff like posing, you wouldn't do anyway. I guess the only thing you might have to do is like things like your peak week strategies and stuff like that, which to be honest, that's just trial and error anyway. We all know the strategies. It's just testing and trialing with individuals because everyone reacts a bit differently in terms of how you front load, back load carbs and you know those type of things, whether you do water restriction or not. And Yeah, there's those yeah and I think the part, part of that from, again, way, way out of my remit, but in terms of stuff I like doing, but from people I've spoken to and you know, we, have, we obviously have some interest in that, which is ours coming up. It's a lot that just don't muck up what you've done. Yeah. It's like two percent difference, isn't it? Everyone always says your peak week is like not some magic thing where you're going to go from like not ready to ready. It's going to be like you're just going to slightly one or two percent enhance where you're already at. Anyway, God, how do we digress onto fucking bodybuilding shows? Jesus. Um, okay, scale weight then. So let's hit the biggie. Oh, um, boy. Are, oh boy! Oh god! Oh, anyway, it's going to have to be quick because we're like nearly hit an hour. So <laughs> talk about the other stuff we we thought we'd do in about ten minutes. Yeah. So, scale weight is like one of the most emotional and discussed and argued subjects in the industry. There's lots of um, big figures that say don't weigh, don't don't step on the it. yeah, say don't step on the sad step. Um, I just just get a grip. Like it is a 
unit of measurement um, and it is a very good measure of progress because if you are losing body fat at some point you will lose weight now I guess you've got the point reasons why it will drag on in terms of weight does funny things it can go up it can go down it can spike but ultimately if you are losing body fat you will be losing weight as well and it is the best measure we have for that progress um there's a, there's a lot of hate for scales and I can see why because it can lead to emotional responses so you can see a bad weight and think, you know what sod the diet so I guess the other thing that there seems to be a bit of a pushback on is daily weighing so massive fan of daily weighing here um, same but there seems to be a thing why would you weigh daily um, just, just on that mate I, think, I just want to say um I've interrupted you a lot actually this podcast, haven't I? Sorry. No, I didn't mean you to. Do. You, you just, yeah, you're yeah, good. Point. I'm, just, I'm not very good at listening and thinking I must come back to that. So I have to do it now. If not, no, I'm no, I go, I go off the tangents as well. So, <laughs> um, as you say, like the whole daily, weekly, or whatever weigh in frequency, I am only daily weigh in really. Um, in terms, like, don't wrong, I don't, I don't only obviously some people that either miss days or can't do it, then fine. But I'm kind of like, if it's going to be a useful measurement, it kind of almost has to be daily. I don't know, maybe not everyone feels like that, but I kind of feel like it's it's probably the only real way to get it a, a, a decent measurement from doing it daily. Then daily. I do I do agree with one caveat, which is um, if you have a very large client, sometimes we'll weigh once a month, um, and yeah. that's purely yeah, for yeah. for the mental the mental side of it, especially when their body's doing funny things with water. Um, and they've got a very if it, bad relationship with scales. Yeah, I, I'd say my caveat would probably be that if it if if you if they have um, clearly got a lot of anxiety or a bad relationship with self worth and scale weight, then then there there would be the odd scenario where you think you know, you're not ready or in a position to be able to to do it. I think with like the large thing, would you not find out if they're that big and they they would probably make progress very easy? That might be quite motivating to see the scale weight going down because I'd like do you, often, do you yeah. find it fluctuate. Because I just figured like if you had someone who was like 120 kilos, I'd imagine if they went on any type of restrict calorie restricted diet in terms of nothing too drastic, they would probably drop weight very quickly just being that size. They do, but my experience is fair. and again, this is experience. This is this isn't any research for that. Is if they weigh weekly or daily in that first month the expectations of weight loss become skewed. So the first week they tend to lose a hell of a lot. Like, um, you know, you lose a lot of water. Yeah. Like you're saying some like 11, 12 pounds, some people, um, I've seen before. And then the week after is like three or four, which for, (laughs) for someone, uh, where we are would be amazing. Um, and then the week after it might, you know, might settle down to a kind of a regular weight loss. Yeah. I want to take away, the expectation of 11 pounds every week and it's not it's not necessarily their fault it's just human nature to expect that and it's yeah it's a a tough one would you would you you consider maybe like saying right okay you're starting a diet now and i've considered this with clients before but to be honest because of the i figured it would be more motivational to see that initial weight loss um i haven't but like just maybe not weigh for the first two or three weeks and then start weighing yeah that's a actually probably a good method that I've not really explored um, but yeah I think I think you're probably right that is it's probably not a bad shout um, because you then you kind of normalise the weight loss um, a little bit 
just just because because on, on that like you could almost now let's compare it to like your 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 uh right I, i'm really not going to offend anyone i probably am but i'm going to try not to offend anyone on this comment um but my sister uses it so i'm just going to coin her term but like fat club she goes to slim world and she calls it fat club so i don't find it offensive um, and i hope no one else does because i'm meant to be but like you take your usual weekly fat club weigh in um I guess that, like, compare it to that where when people are either first going or if they've not been for a while, you know, they've kind of gone off the ladder a little bit and then start going back. Every single week you see people posting these like memes, uh, not memes, or like pictures of like weight losses and stuff where it's like seven pounds this week, five pounds this week, whatever else. I suppose like your point in case there is that that can quite often, even for, for those populations or any population, will then mean that they kind of have this expectation of that's what's going to be every week. And obviously inevitably week two is minus one and a half. Week three is minus one. Week four is nothing. Week five is half a pound down. Week six is half a pound up. And it's kind of like, oh. And then and then they at that point, because they've got to that emotional stage where they expect it, they've had that slight fluctuation up. Yeah, and they blame themselves, don't they? But if they just hold on for another week, they'd probably get a massive drop the week after because yeah. of the, that weak thing that no one can explain to me properly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Maybe we'll touch on that in a bit. The whoosh, yeah. the whoosh effect. So, so daily weighing gets a lot of flack but the the research is there in terms of you know weighing every day i think even the paper's called weigh every day matters but it shows that people that weigh every day on in general um so there's always outliers to this daily weighing improves weight loss and adoption of weight control behaviors so the reason that this probably improves weight loss is because it's it improves the adoption of those weight controlling behaviors so I, I, my personal opinion on this is that I see it with, you know you see people starting out they get they're not very comfortable with it. We spend a lot of time, especially in the life online project, getting people comfortable with daily weighing, and the reason we do that is because we want them to understand the fluctuations that come with their weight, and to demonstrate that their weight goes isn't linear drop, it's up and down, up and down. And I, I kind of made a point this week to my group, and that was. Look at my weight this week. I've got two measurements. One at the start of the week was 83.2. The end of the week was 83.2. So you think I've made no progress. But if you look down the week, it's, there's been loads of weights below that. And it just spiked up one day because I had a larger meal that day. Now, if I'd only just weighed in those two days, I'd think, oh, I've made no progress. I'm all sad. However, I weigh daily and I see my moving average. I use something called Happy Scale. So if you haven't got Happy Scale, it's an awesome bit of kit. If you've got uh, iOS, still can't find Android. Um, that will show you the trend so that will be a much better way of doing things rather than just having those two singular weighing points where you could have been less for any number of reasons and I guess you'll explain the reasons in a minute and on the day you weigh in again even though you lost weight you could be higher because of a number of reasons that aren't related to fat loss um, so what the reason we weigh daily is because we're looking for the trend we don't care about any individual weigh-ins I, I, I couldn't care less like and if we can get clients disassociated from even caring about the number, I mean, obviously there is a caveat there. If it starts going stupid and your moving average moves up, then, you know, there needs to be some adjustments. But as long as your moving average is moving down, then happy days. Mm. 
even though your weight may be doing funny things. Yeah, I think like associating success or failure with one reading is massively needs to be discouraged. Like, and I highlight success there as well because like I've done it enough times and I've seen it with other people, clients <laughs> yeah. where it, it, you get, oh my god, a new day weighing like you did this morning, like, brilliant. But tomorrow could quite easily go up again, and all of a sudden you're like so devastated that oh, so I had success yesterday, and now I failed. It's like you could have eaten exactly the same, stuck to your calories have no real reason for it to, to in you know like on the face of it to have gone up yet you might have just had a bit more salt or you might have been a bit glycogen depleted the day before and you've just refilled a bit and stuff like that it's just if you then start attaching this emotional thing to that reading that's when you inevitably end up failing and um or not seeing success and then then like just struggling and you might just jump off and just think oh not jump off a bridge that'd be horrendous but you might just jump off your diet and think um oh i just can't bother now i'm just gonna go eat yeah. 14 yeah. horrible five guys or... put it in the uh fuck it bucket yeah, and like exactly. smash it out of the weekend and start again monday yeah. whereas my, my main thing is okay ignore the scale weight keep going keep going and then look at your trend and what I kind of maybe we should talk about this now is that whoosh thing that no one still can explain to me and I still can't explain. I've got theories and stuff, but you know, I think it's because we don't tend, know, mate. Well, no one knows, yeah, no one knows. There's lots of theories washed about about water, cells below water, and all that stuff, but anyway, I what tends to happen, and you see it a lot, especially, I mean, is they'll, they'll be making progress, but the scale weight won't be showing that for whatever reason, and the weight will either progress the same or it might spike up, spike down, but largely be the same for like one maybe two weeks um and this even happens in my way and then all of a sudden you get a massive drop like all the weight just realizes oh yeah actually i've I've, I've come off it's clearly water somewhere or something holding retaining water um mechanism i don't know but yeah that happens a lot yeah that has to be water because there's no way all of a sudden from two weeks of dieting on the 14th day your body decides to burn two pounds of body fat it's just not going to happen yeah, yeah. So you've been. I think that's the thing. If you've nailed everything right and you're losing, you know, you, you, should you must be. lose weight. If you're in a calorie deficit, you, you know, we, we could be wrong. Your calorie deficit that could happen, but you should be losing weight, and you, the scales aren't showing it. Don't get emotionally attached to it. Just keep going. Look at the averages, um, and then, you know, even if you go up slightly, like so, like uh, you know, I joked this morning. Oh, new new low weighing, mm. like. My weight will spike up tomorrow for sure. Just, yeah. just one of those things. Um, this, the, I think so, this, this, this comes with experience, doesn't it? Like, I, like yeah. we, we, when we were chatting before, I said to you, like my experience of what I've noticed over the past probably like three years of tracking body weight. Like, it, my, when I'm dieting, it tends to be like, I don't know, like my, my weight as an example might be like one seven five, one seven five, one seven five, oh one seven four. And then I might go up to 174 and a half, 174 and a half, 174 and a half. And obviously they might fluctuate slightly day to day, but I'm just kind of get you an idea if you could imagine a line graph of like being pretty similar four or five days straight. Big drop, then it goes up again. Then I'll be kind of similar again or slowly leaking down. Big drop, then it goes up again. And kind of like that's my average. It seems to happen to me constantly. Um, yeah. I don't know why. And what. if you get too, too attached to those big drops, you think, oh, that's my new, low, my new low weight, and then you go up a bit. Yeah that can be disheartening so i have been a bit like that you, the last couple of days to be honest because i said to you like i'd seen like two or three drops i mean like, i could read out my weights actually so if i go into my like my uh I, obviously i just use on my health app rather than i have got happy scale and to be fair i have started using it but i haven't really looked at it for a little it, while. Gives, it gives them it gives a much better moving average i yeah. think but like if you take like and it, sorry go on. 
and it gives you uh, it actually gives you like a current rate of weight loss as well and yeah. predictions where you'll be based on it, which is quite cool. Yeah, as long as you don't read too much into it, because if you don't happen, then you cry. Then well, exactly, yeah. Um, so if I take the 29th of Jan, 176, right? Twi- uh, 30th, 175. 31st, 173.9. Oh, lovely, I'm dropping down. It's what, 1st of February, 173.6. You know, nice little reduces every day. Oh, 137. Oh, one, sorry, 173.7 the next day. It's like, oh, I've gone up 0.1 of a pound. And then yesterday, 175.4. So what, over one and a half pounds. And then today again, 175.2. It's like, oh, okay. So I'm back to where I was uh, like over a week ago. And if I looked at that, and just thought that I've made no progress in a week. Whereas if you look at my averages, my average is actually like gone down like nearly a pound average week to week. Yeah. So, so, again, so, so that, exactly that. Exactly the points you made around kind of just taking two readings. Nice. Yeah. And then I guess quickly just to close off this, this will be our final point, I imagine I've got a little plug to do, but um, things that affect scale weight, like me personally, I think one thing that, if I drink alcohol, I tend to have a lower weight the next day. I assume that's food volume and diuretic, diuretic effect. Yeah. yeah. So less, less kind of another point, but less food volume because I replace the the food volume with liquid calories alcohol. Um, and alcohol. And the diuretic effect of that means I lose water. So you often find, like, if you have a really big session, you wake up feeling really just because you're so dehydrated. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Things that affect it, food volume, uh, salt intake, carbohydrate intake, because it holds on to some water. Um, food volume, when you went last went to the toilet, uh, time of the month for your lady. Mm-hmm. Um, not assuming anyone's gender, not allowed to do that these days. Um, anything else that affects scale weight? Um, outside of things like body temperature, which, to be fair, I don't know like how much that's really going to affect scale weight. I guess it's, that probably more plays into like the dehydration or hydration states than anything. Um, no, I think it's usually just salt, like say, time on for a lady, um, toilet, digestive transit. Um, yeah, but it's like, glycogen and water, carbs. Did you say that? I don't know if you, did you say that? Yeah, like having having a big carb meal just before you go to bed means you're going to weigh more tomorrow morning because you're holding water overnight. Yeah. And time in the meals. Uh, sorry. Yeah, so if, you, if your usual dinner time is 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. and you have dinner at 8 or 9, you're going to weigh more. Unless, but generally. generally. Yeah. So Less time to digest. Come in, which is why we go with the average rather than the... Yeah point to point yeah because you can you could even like say like on a weekend say say you say you say like me you get up at 10 to 6 every day to go to the gym weigh yourself at 10 to 6 if you then get to a weekend you sleep until 9 and weigh yourself at 9 <laughs> yeah, you're gonna weigh less you're gonna weigh less because you had three extra hours of digestion and or even necessarily like um less time to hydrate as you would do other days and stuff or, or more Tough. time to dehydrate so i should say sorry as you're sleeping so it's just stuff like that you've just got to consider. So in fact, I, like one thing I just want to make this, this is, I did have one more final point. I know you said that might be the last one, but I think like going back to this, the study or the analysis of like um, weighing every day matters. So we've obviously mentioned about like why weighing every day and avoiding individual readings um, is kind of like key. But actually like the, one of the main conclusions of the study about why weighing every day matters is more around the fact that like within, I think, and I'll quote one of their discussion points, but within the context of daily self-weighing, weight loss intervention 
Individuals who weighed every day achieved clinically meaningful weight loss results that were significantly greater than among those weighing less than daily. They said the likely reason for this is the difference in that daily weighs reported greater adoption of weight change, sorry, weight control behaviours compared to those who weighed less often. So their point theory there is it's not even necessarily the actual readings. It's the fact that because you're weighing yourself every day, you do better health-seeking habits. Yeah, it's like the whole thing that you do something, start the day off something positive and the rest of the day in theory is positive. Because yeah. um, you probably, you probably, sorry, mate, go on. It's like yesterday, um, this is silly, like, just a silly tangent, but I knew I was having a big meal. Um, so I went out and did a long morning walk and that kind of set me up in the mood to get tons done yesterday, like plough through work, plough through, um, you know, prep and stuff like that for food and yeah, way ahead of all the jobs I had to do this weekend. I got done earlier, I got up earlier, went for my walk, got my steps done and then by the end of the day I finished up on double steps I should have been. So mm. it's one of those like positive, start your day positive kind of things in terms of habits, like you get into some grain, you start doing these things by habit and it just all links in together, right? Yeah, like the make your bed analogy, where like uh, they say like yeah, military, yeah, I love military, that analogy. military people say, and obviously like they get taught to make their bed even though it's got kind of no um, direct, uh, what's the word for, like relevance to obviously working in the military. It's more about they get up, they make their bed and that just kind of changes their mental behavior patterns because yeah. they feel tidy and they've done something productive the first thing for the day. Yeah, they've achieved something already that day. Yeah. Even if it's simply making your bed. Yeah, you should look at that general talk on making your bed. It's cool, isn't it? Uh, it is very cool. Yeah. It's very, very cool. Um, just the final, final point I want to then. So obviously, just it's still on that same point. So like, I just want to read this last bit because I think it's quite, quite cool or useful. So even weighing five days per week, which was the average among the non-daily weighers, led to smaller weight losses and promoted less utilisation of behaviours known to be associated with weight loss. This suggests that daily weighing may trigger the self-regulatory process that promote behaviour change. This may be particularly true for those already primed to make changes to diet and exercise behaviours. Moreover, our findings suggest that weighing even more, sorry, even most days of the week may not be enough for optimal self-regulation. So even one more tick for doing it every day. Nice. Cool. Love it. Right. I think we've battered that one to death. So We have. There was one final plug. thing I wanted to do. Yeah, so good old Luke Johnson of Shredded by Science shared our podcast recently, so hopefully we've got a few SBS listeners. Um, but yeah, just the, the fact that the Academy is launching again in four weeks. Um, I'm on it, by the way. The Academy is something I have done. Johnny Lewis has done. Brizzle's just completed the first module. I think yeah. distinction. Is that right? Yeah, 92%, you know, as you do. 92%. Um, it's a pretty excellent course if you want to do personal training, basically. You know, uh, the, uh, the the modules on it, there's about four modules. First is kind of general overview of personal training and programming and stuff like that. It's pretty good. The guys teaching it are excellent. And then you've got Helms and Zordos next. So I think, have you got Helms first? Or uh, Zordos? Hel yeah, Helms first. So about so, um, yeah. bodybuilding prep and coaching bodybuilding clients. And then Zordos obviously does uh, powerlifting. So I'm sure that'd be all about yeah. DUP. DUP? Yeah, he loves DUP. Yeah, so I mean, Helms, Helms and modules are, although not aimed at gym pop and stuff like that, there, there's some really cool stuff on there I've taken away and implemented my own kind of practice uh, same with the powerlifting stuff again so, uh, when i did sbs pretty much wasn't interested in, still aren't interested in powerlifting but the content and the way you zordos presents is pretty mind-blowing um, and there's lots you can take from that so of course i very much recommend launch four weeks find it on shredded by science 
on Facebook. Um, so Matt sent you. I might even have a little fruity bonus discount code available later on, but I don't know if I get that. You're on if it's one or two people, so we'll see. Con- contact you anyway, I guess, and find out. But yeah, if you if you, if you want to jump on or want to know anything about it, contact me, and I will give you an honest review. Um, but Helms and Zildos are the men, the mans, men's yeah. mans. Yeah, the, the, the whole the whole the whole content's brilliant. Like what I've been through so far in module one, like there was so many nuggets of stuff that I picked up that I didn't know before. Or just like t- little bits of gold. I think actually that's brilliant in terms of helping me coach better. Um, some of even some of the things like um, I think it's Evan. I think Evan does. Oh, I can't remember. Who it yeah, was actually. Evan, yeah, Evan Jeffrey. Yeah. So he he some of the bits he was doing on even like movement patterns and planes and stuff that's quite cool so um definitely recommend like i'm not just saying it because obviously i'm, I'm on it i'm saying it because i'm on it and i've you know i've experienced it and i think it's something that you everyone like if they've got an interest in becoming a personal trainer um or they just want to learn more for their own thing which is to be honest like i want to do this about three years ago when like svs but never did and i wish i had it done ages ago but like, the reason i wanted to do it years ago was i wasn't as in the, in the industry as i am now but i want to do it for my own development so if you really want to do it for your own development and just help your own training then again you know it's not a huge amount of money i don't know how much it costs nowadays but um in terms of obviously what the, the full rrp price is but you know it's, it's pretty well it's, it's probably cheaper than most pt courses still isn't it yeah definitely and it's you know you get a the insurance to do pt um Depending on where you work and stuff, some gyms are still very much reps or seems to focus. But yeah. you could—they've they've partnered up with someone to do a, a reps one if you need anyway. Don't yes, they? So. exactly. You can ex- you can extend it so you can get the full personal training through those guys. Um, it's the one I would do because you, you you'll come away with that for the same price of PT course if you include the additional PT stuff with it. You'll come away with something that's just got to put you in a much better place if that's something you want to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for you to start the Helms module. Me too. Then I can go back over my notes and we can compare because that was mind blowing as was Doctor Z, um, and the banter between Helms and Zordos is is pretty good as well. Yeah, yeah. As you should probably shout out if people haven't already, go listen to their podcast as well. Actually, because I know obviously like ours is the best, clearly. <laughs> um, yeah, clearly. <laughs> yeah. But no, like SBS Radio. So obviously, like Lawrence Lawrence Judd, the Judder. Him, uh, he does most of it, yeah, with some obviously really good guests. Obviously, the the ones with Patrick Humphrey are also very funny. So they do, like, quite frequently, it's just those two doing... Fireside chats. Yeah, so I used to call them the fireside chats. I don't think they do anymore. Um, I'm a few episodes behind, although I've listened to most of this year. I'm working backwards. But, uh, yeah, they're always quite funny. So go listen to them. Like, Patrick's always a and they've, funny lad. They've managed to get themselves onto Spotify as well, so... Yeah. We're, gonna we're follow, trying to do that. We're gonna, we're but... We'll follow, I'm sure. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah just trying to explain but you can find them treated by science awesome company so yeah I'm sure that's, that's enough to end the podcast on oh cool. I know we just we, we said it already but happy yeah. birthday Paul. Yeah, Paul happy birthday Paul he's only, Paul say he's only 50 if anyone wishes to uh, you know Paul 004 I think he's using that and stuff yeah. drop him a message saying happy birthday Paul send him some nudes if you're a woman send him some nudes in fact if you're a bloke send him some nudes <laughs> Um, we, you know, we can't have a podcast without someone being inappropriate. So. <laughs> Rizzle just just managed to save it just there. Yeah, well, we uh, obviously before asked for nudes for Ed, didn't we? Because obviously he was single at the time, and obviously now he's not. So, ladies, if you didn't send him any nudes, you've missed out. I'm afraid. Ed, Ed's so, taken. Yeah, Ed's now got a, a girlfriend. Oh, girlfriend. 
<laughs> right. Uh, right. On that note, so, I'm going to end so, it before you do too much damage. Hit so, the button. So I push this button. Right. Bonjour. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.